everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Steve DPFL. It's Thursday. It's December 17th. It's 2020. And we're here to talk some college football. We have a four-game slate on Friday. Assuming that all these games play and they don't move slates around or anything like that again, um, we're going to break down these four games, talk about it, and um, bring in our good buddy, Sean Newsham, PSU fans too. How are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. We just wrapped up the regular season. Did not close how I would have liked to last weekend. Uh, just did not hit on enough stuff. But heading into whatever this is that we're going to call the next month or so, um, and should be good. Uh, I think games are going to be interesting because some teams are just going to bow out and not play. We've already seen some do that. And then, but I think it's pretty much going to be like if a team wants to play, they can play. So teams that are still going to be playing, you're, like, you're obviously going to have people that are not interested and might opt out. So the next month or so will be very interesting and will be a continuous grind. However, it's more of a grind I prefer because there's not going to be. 70 games on a Saturday that I need to know it's going to be like one or two games a day that I can monitor a little bit easily uh, from my perspective. And it makes it a little bit more simpler on my end. Hey, listen, whatever makes it easier, right? Like, especially this time of the year, like it's, it's definitely crazy enough as it is. So whatever makes our life easier. Um, anyway, we have um, premium here, Roto Grinders for college football. Um, if you're not a subscriber yet, um, if you are a subscriber, nothing's really changing for you. But if you are a subs- if you are not a scri- subscriber and you just wanted college football, you can now just purchase college football by itself. Um, we have our combo package, which I think is still the best dollar value out there. Um, which is ninety nine dollars a month. You get. NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, esports, MMA, soccer, like the combo package. If you're playing every day and you're picking up these sports, the combo package is the way to go. But if you're just playing college football or you've wanted to try out college football, you can do that for $59.99 a month um, and you'll have access to Discord, which I still think is the price of admission uh, projections lineup HQ, um, ownership projections, stuff like that. There's videos and stuff that these guys do as well. So um, let's get into it, Sean. We have a, like I said, we have a four game slate. We, I know some of these teams, these colleges anyway. So um, UAB, University of Alabama. Yeah, UAB. Yep, yeah, that is correct. All right. Against Marshall, um, run me down here what you like for the UAB. Yeah, so UAB, there's not much. This game is the worst game on the slate. Uh, There's not much to play in this game. So you look at the quarterbacks, they rotate. They're both not very good for UAB. Probably won't go anything there. Uh, They they had some issues at running back recently. Uh, Spencer Brown and Dwayne McBride both missed the last game. And what we saw was Stanley Brown and Wooden all like rotated and was just very, very messy and no one really did much. Um, Brown and McBride are expected back, but neither are really good because the total in this game is tremendously lower than the other game. So you probably aren't really going to look at anything here. Um, and then the receivers, the number one receiver for UAB, Austin Watkins, has left and is going to the NFL. I do not believe he is playing. I'm not 100% certain that he left and will not play, but he did declare, which usually players wait till after their final game to do. So I believe that Watkins is out. Uh, From a value perspective, there's probably going to be better value elsewhere on the slate. But 
Myron Mitchell will be the key of this offense. If they can really get anything going, he's probably the best option. And then uh, Hayden Pittman's their tight end, and Trey Shropshire is 3,200. Uh, there are at least a couple options on the cheaper end, but again, I think you'll have other options a bit later on the slate that are going to be appealing. Um, on the Marshall side, uh, Grant Wells, I'm not really interested in. Um, he's had a couple big games, which is more than you can say about some quarterbacks, but the total in this game is so small, and he's also put in some really, really poor performances uh, in a few games. The Rice game, they lost 20 to nothing as an undefeated 7-0 team against Rice that was very, very poor, and they just could not do anything. So I just – it concerns me a bit. UAB isn't terrible defensively. Uh, this game is not what you want to see. So I'm not really interested in Wells at that price point. And then Brendan Knox, however, I am interested in. Um, Sheldon Evans missed the last game. It's unknown yet if he'll be back for this game. But Knox is the volume eater and their lead running back. And he's a volume guy all year as it is. Uh, I checked last week's snap count and Knox played every single snap for them in the game against Rice. So I think Knox at 6,200, you know you're probably going to get 20, 25 carries. And if they're leading in this game, he could see 30-plus carries. So I, I really like him. Um, and then in terms of the receivers, there's not really tons of great things. Talit Keaton actually got quite a few targets last week, and he is somewhat appealing for me. But again, I just am not super interested in this team in general. Uh, this game just isn't where I want to go. Um, I see a slower paced, run heavy game. Both teams want to establish the run with their main running backs. And there's just not tons else out there in this game. All right. Uh, that's it from this one, right? Yeah, I don't really see much else here. Uh, this, this game's sort of the dud of the slate that I, you just don't really want much from. All right. Well, let's go on to the Buffalo Bulls. And um, I just I had to say it um, going up against the Ball State Cardinals. Um, let's start with the the Ball State team on this one. Um, do you like anything from this one? Yeah, so this is one of the better games. I think I think there's quite a few options in this game um, on both sides of the ball, uh, especially the Buffalo side. The, the Ball State side is going to be really good for GPPs, however. So quarterback wise, you have Drew Plitt. Um, he's a bit mobile. He's not a complete immobile person, but if you look at his log, he's not going to have huge rushing, uh, games, but he's an okay option. The issue is, so Buffalo likes to run the ball a lot. When they run the ball a lot, they eat a lot of clock and their defense is probably the best defense in the Mac. So it's a situation where I'm a bit concerned how much movement the ball state offense is going to have, but their offense has a lot of appealing pieces. For me, Plitt is priced a bit too highly with the other good quarterback options. I would rather have them. However, pieces on the team are a bit interesting. So for Ball State, at running back, Caleb Huntley's been there forever and is, is just a volume eater, but he declared for the NFL draft and won't play. Two weeks ago, Ty Evans played a majority of the game and had a massive snap count. And then last week he started, and then Will Jones ended up having a massive snap count and a good carry volume. Uh, both of these guys are relatively cheap. If you can guess which one is going to get the volume, and I think I prefer Will Jones for the reasons that he was the most recent one to be involved. And even the game before, he was relatively involved despite not being the volume meter. And he's a bit more of a price reduction compared to that of Ty Evans. And Evans has just sort of been very meh the last two games uh, or three games where he really got a chance. He didn't really do much with that opportunity. So I like Evans from that perspective. And then at receiver, 
Uh, you have Justin Hall, Johannes Tyler, and Antoine Davis, um, all three of which play virtually every snap. They all get a very good market share, uh, over 20% in team targets. Uh, the one that's really appealing but a bit more expensive is Justin Hall. The reason Hall is so expensive, and he is the best of these options, if you look through his game log, he's getting two, four, six, eight carries a game in some of these games. And some of these carries are at the goal line um, as well. So you have a guy that's getting, let's say, 10 to 12 targets a game and then incorporating four to five carries a game. It's a very val valid thing to look at. Uh, but all three are very in play depending on which price point you want to go to. Um, Buffalo. The, the Buffalo Bulls. Bulls. The Bulls. The Not Bulls. the Bills. The, the Bulls. Bills. Bulls. <laughs> so we I have mean, the, when I when I initially like read it, I like, oh man, I'm going to mess this up. Like I was looking at it before we got started. I was like, oh, there is a 95% chance that I mess this one up. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's a tricky one to throw in there for with that nickname. So here is, in my opinion, this is like the most unique team in the country. Not that they do anything weird. It is how bad their quarterback is. This team has scored. Let me run down the totals for you. This team has scored on the year. 49 points, 42 points, 42 points, 70 points, 56 points. So this All team right. has not scored below six touchdowns in one single game on the entire year. However, their quarterback, Kyle Van Treese, in those five games has only cracked 10 twice and only cracked 16 once. He just does not throw the ball. They run the ball at will. So you have a guy, people look at this and they see a guy like Van Treese and they see the team total but it doesn't matter because they just don't throw the ball at all. Uh, Van Treese hit his absolute ceiling in week 11 against Miami where he had four touchdowns and 34 points. That was more points than he's had the rest of the season combined. So I obviously don't like Kyle Van Treese. Where you really get to like people, but he is expensive, is Jarrett Patterson. Um, how many people, Stevie, have you seen in a football-related DFS sport have 92 DraftKings points in a game? I mean, I, I, I noticed that when I was looking and I was like, I, I have to know more. Um, Cause like, there's no way, like just looking at this dude's game log that like, he's just not like the first person in. Yeah. And he is. And that's the problem with the slate is you're going to need value because you can't really pass up Patterson. You can in GPPs uh, in GPPs. You cannot play him and hope he's held to like 20, which is very possible um, we've seen him held the 20, but you just cannot fade a guy in cash that has a legitimate 60 to 90 point upside. Uh, and he's had, he's had two games where he has 57 plus points. So it's just not really a guy you can feasibly fade in cash, but in GPPs, I do think you can fade him. And in both formats, I think you can play his backup running back, Kevin Marks um, as well. And, and the thing is with Marks is they both can get there. Because they run the ball every play, both of them are going to get volume. Obviously, Patterson is going to get the most volume. He's probably going to get you 25 to 35 carries. But Kevin Marks is going to get you 15 to 17 or so carries as well. And if you look through his game log, since the first game of the season, which was a weird game, I watched the game and it was just a very weird game. And that just so happened to be his dud. The three games since then, he has, or the four games since then, he has 15 plus points in every game. 
So he is a viable play as well as Jared Patterson in the same lineup or without. If you're going to fade Patterson and you think Buffalo is going to score a lot of points, it's very likely that Kevin March is just sort of going to win variance when it comes to touchdowns in that situation. Um, as I didn't like much of the, the quarterback option for them, the receivers are very similar. Uh, Antonio Nunn is actually very talented and they do throw the ball to him virtually every pass they get. Like he gets like a 30 to 40% market share. He's one of the top end guys in the nation. The problem is they just do not throw the ball very much at all. But if you see through his game, like he still has two decent games. The problem is, is you really are going to need him to be efficient because he's probably not going to catch more than like six balls. So you really need him to go for like six for 102. But at his price point, you don't necessarily need that. But you you still are going to need him to be very efficient. Um, and, and again, you're going to be playing Patterson. So every touchdown none gets, like if none gets two touchdowns, it's going to take some luster off of Patterson. Listen, I look at this spot from the outside looking in i don't play a lot of college football fantasy really the only time i play is when you come on here and i build a team as we're going but i feel like that you just jam them in like it's it's just team jam in patterson um and i I feel like if you want to be different i don't like again outside looking in you hope that like kevin marks you you play both running backs just to be different or something like that and just but I just – in what world don't you play Patterson? Like, at, at 10K, this guy, like you said, his legit ceiling is 90. We can't realistically say that a lot, but this dude has 92 fantasy points. He ran for 400 yards. Oh, it's crazy. I think, that- like, a realistic upside game for him is, like, 35 to 40. I think a realistic floor game for him is, like, 15 to 20. So the only way I think in which you can fade him is, again, in GPP – you th- you have to think one of the next two games shoots out. The issue is, is one of those games does not really have receivers to play. So you really need to hope that one of the two next games shoot out and you hope Patterson gets like, let's say 20 points or 25 points. And if he only gets 20, 25 points, you can make that up in GPP very easily. But if you're fade him, you could definitely have a really bad time. Yeah, it's when you're looking at it, I just I don't know. I mean, 35 at 10k is fine. <laughs> like, yeah, all right. I mean, I mean I'm I'm playing it. Put it this way, I'm gonna be playing yeah. in my cash lineup. If you're not playing them, I especially in not, cash, right? Like you just yeah. you pl- cash game, plug him in. Like yeah, I, like, I don't like don't over cash, you're probably not gonna have a very good time tomorrow night. I would not recommend uh allotting time to watch games. I mean, realistically, you can get hurt in the first quarter, but even at that, he's going to be 70, 80, 90% owned in cash games. It's not going to matter. So I think if you want to get different, you just play marks with him, play both running backs, go super different. Um, I don't think a lot of people will do that. Maybe. Who knows? Um, Up next, we got Nebraska and Rutgers, right? I'm just kind of looking at the name. Yeah. So um, let's start with the Nebraska side of things. Like, oh, what do you like here when it comes to the Cornhuskers? So I would really like to be playing Adrian Martinez. However, it's very flimsy to play him. Um, I think he's a good GPP play, and he is a cash game option. The issue is, is Luke McCaffrey is going to be sitting there with the quick leash very, very prominently hanging over the head of Adrian Martinez, and that's just not what you generally want. Uh, but Martinez runs so much. Like if he gets a full game, you're going to get like 12 to 15 carries. You have like a hundred plus yard rushing upside from him. I really would like to play that. Like you see his last three games, 
he has four rushing touchdowns in those three games, and he's not really done much, but he's had decent score lines. So I'd really like to play Martinez. It's just really difficult knowing what is hanging above him. Um, at running back, I think Dedrick Mills is an option. The issue with Dedrick Mills is the volume's just not great with Wandale um, looming over him as well. So, but M- Mills is is only 5K, and there's a possibility like if they get down to the goal line, he probably gets the carries. Uh, he's probably going to get 12 to 15 as well throughout the game. So he's not the worst play either. Um, it just it's a bit tricky if you're playing Wandale as well. And we'll move straight to the receivers with Wandale. Uh, Wandale has shown this year that his floor is one of the best in the nation for what the price points you get with him is. You got a guy that's probably going to get eight to 10 targets. He's going to get some involvement in the rush game. Sometimes that's 10 carries. Sometimes that's three carries. You just don't really know. So if you got a guy like that at 6,400, hey, you know you're getting 10, you're getting eight, 12 targets. You're getting three to six rush attempts. Like he's a really, really strong play. The issue is, and people keep talking about him as not having upside, but he has, if you look through his game logs, he has like 17, 21, 24, 15. And he's been tackled at the one like eight times in the last like month, month and a half. So like when people talk about guys that don't have the upside, that's guys that just like can't really go off. If he scores two of those touchdowns where he got tackled at the one, all of a sudden you have a guy that had 30 points. You have a guy that had 32 points. You have a guy that had really good upside for the price points that he's been at. So I think saying that he doesn't have upside is a flawed argument, but on the flip side, his floor is fantastic. So I really like Wandale. All right. I like it. Um, listen, getting tackled at the one or whatever, that's fine. Nobody play him. We'll, we'll take our shots. Like, um, so I was looking I was looking before we got started. Is it like going to be like last minute news on the Rutgers quarterback here? Uh it could be. And it's so the, the situation's tricky as it is. So last week Noah Vidral started. I played him in cash, so I watched the whole game. Um he got injured about the second play of the game, sat out for like two drives, and those two drives, Johnny Langan played over him. And then he came back, and then Langan would rotate in with him on occasion. Langan is their their wildcat quarterback. And then he got injured again at the end of the game and never returned. The issue is, is two weeks ago, he didn't play out of nowhere. He was injured. I also played him that time. Neither time did I have fun. Um, and Vidral didn't show up to the game, didn't play, and Arthur Sitkowski started. And then Langan rotated in for him. And that was the game where, if you look at the game logs, Johnny Langan had 21 carries for 95 yards. The issue is, is Langan doesn't really throw the ball. Sikowski doesn't really run the ball. Vidral does both, but if Langan's still getting, let's say, 20% of the snaps, it becomes a bit tricky, especially with the injury hanging over the head. So probably won't go with the Rutgers quarterback, but I do think there's some viability to it if you get news that, like, if Langan was announced the starter, which I don't think is a possibility based on what we saw a couple weeks ago, I would lock in Langan. Um, based on that not really being a possibility, I probably won't go there. Uh, running backs, Isaiah Pacheco is their guy that's getting volume, but he sort of splits a bit, which is my concern with him. Um, I think he's an okay play, but probably won't go there. Uh, in GPPs, I think Aaron Young and Karon Adams are both solid GPP plays. If you look at Aaron, or Aaron Young's uh, game log, he has – a catch in every single game of the season. And he has two five catch games. 
So at 3,500, let's say you get four to five carries, and then you're getting like six to eight targets. You could be a really smash play at 3,500 running back. They'll be really under owned. So I think he's a good play uh, for that perspective. I think you could play him in cash too, just because with Patterson, you're going to need value to force people in. And then at running or receivers. So what I'm was upset about is last week, Shamin Jones was 3,400 on the main slate on Saturday and he was not great, but the chances were there. I thought I was going to be able to run him back here at 3,400, but it comes in price at 5k, which I just don't think is great. Um, Bo Melton's their best receiver. His price point at 6,800 is probably fair, but you're just probably not going to want to go there. Uh, but he's a really good GPP play also. And then Eric Crookshank, I think, is a very viable option at 4K. I think he's one of the better value receivers on the slate. I would have rather played Shamin Jones at 3,400 um, instead, but this is as cheap as you can get on this team. Um, anyone else from this one? Or are we going to move on to USC and Oregon? Not much. So the, the keys to this game, I think, are going to be like – Adrian Martinez, I don't think people are going to pay play him because he's in a very similar price point to that of the quarterbacks in the next game. And similarly with both Bo Melton and Wandale Robinson, I think people are going to overlook them a little bit because they're going to take receivers that are priced similarly in the next game as well. All right, we finish up with the Ducks and the Trojans, Oregon against USC. Um, like these are teams that are not like the rest of a lot of these teams that we usually talk about on these like Thursday and Friday slates. Um, these are like mainstay colleges. Um, so I don't know, is it, is it different that these guys are playing on like a Friday instead of a Saturday, or is it just because of how the schedule kind of panned out? So the, the SE or this is not even supposed to be Oregon. This was supposed to be Washington, but Washington has COVID and cannot play. So right. Oregon replaced them, but this is for the, the PAC 12 title. All right. So, so this you is guys not- have COVID. You're not even allowed to play in the championship. Exactly. So this is supposed to be Washington, but Washington is unable to play due to COVID-related issues. So unfortunately, you have um, Oregon filling in. So Oregon, Tyler Show is probably my favorite quarterback on the slate. If you look at what he's done from a receiving and passing perspective, he does a bit of everything. And that is pretty appealing. So I I like show at quarterback running back. Oregon is a known dumpster fire at running back. They just will randomly run someone 25 times. Then the next game, they'll get two carries. You hate to see it. Um, That said, CJ Verdell is their most talented running back. And earlier in the season, he was getting all the volume until recently where he was a bit banged up and they gave it to Travis Dye. There's a possibility that he becomes the guy that miraculously gets the snaps again. I think Verdell's probably the best GPP play on the slate, and he is a cash game play if you want to just take a little bit of risk there at running back. So I really like Verdell. Um, I wouldn't play Die. It's just, like I said, he's priced like the guy that's going to get 20 touches, and he's never gone 20 touches. If you look through his log, he has 12, 12 his cap. Like, that's not a guy I'm paying that price for. Uh, he's an okay GPP play too, but people will overown him because of just sort of what he's done. And then at receiver for Oregon, um, you got to keep up the news on Devin Williams. He missed the last game and Micah Pittman played the most snaps of the receivers. I like Pittman regardless. I think Pittman's really talented um, as it is. And I think that if 
Devin Williams is out. Pittman's probably a lock at 3,600 in both cash and GPPs because people just aren't going to play him because he hasn't gone nuts yet this year, but he has the possibility to do so. Um, and then Jalen Red is more of the slot receiver and Johnny Johnston is more of the other outside receiver. So I think what's going to happen is if Devin Williams can play, I think Johnson and Williams and Pittman are sort of going to rotate a little bit. And then Jalen Red will get a majority of the game in the slot. And they might run some four wides with all four of them out there. But if not, I really like Pittman. Um, and if Devin Williams is out, I think all three of their receivers are really strong. All right. And then on the USC side of things, um, I like the I, man, listen, tournament plays where people might be off of him because they click the game log. Uh, so I like that Verdell call. Hopefully uh, people don't realize just like how much upside is really there. Um, so uh, on the USC side of things, I was reading somewhere that like they might be without their running back. Right. Um, what are we looking at here on the USC side? Yeah, so at running back for them, it's going to be interesting. I think this is a big piece of news. So the thing is, is they just don't run the ball very much. And in the past, they've rotated like three or four guys. So it's not super appealing regardless. But their leading runner and the guy that's been the main guy, Vave Malapier, did not practice, and he's very doubtful to play. If he doesn't play, in theory, the person that should be the biggest beneficiary is Stephen Carr. Uh, the person that could be the beneficiary also could be Marquis Step or Keenan Christian, but I believe that Carr will be the biggest beneficiary. And again, as you see the pricing here, you're probably going to have to play either Carr or Step or Christian, or you're at least going to have to heavily consider all of them. Um, but Carr would be my favorite based on, I think he's the most talented. I think uh, if I look through last week's game logs, I actually have it up here real quick. Last week, they played 86 offensive snaps, and Malapier played 57, Carr played 23, Step played four, and Christian played one. So I think Step, or I think Carr will be the biggest beneficiary. That said, Step is the big back that will get the goal line carries. Um, and if he gets volume, like he's produced in a volume situation before too. So all of them are good GPP plays. I think you can play all of them in cash games because, again, you're talking 3K on the slate where you, you're going to need some value. If they get 10 touches, you're probably going to be pretty happy with it. And they all have upside to get a decent run. So I like all of them. Uh, at quarterback, I really like Keaton Slovis. USC just throws the ball a lot. I don't think Oregon can stop them fully. And it should be a competitive game. Like you look through the game logs and Slovis is going to throw the ball 35 to 45 times. Uh, mobility isn't the best, which you don't love to see, but he's pretty much a lock for 300 plus yards and two to three touchdowns and has upside for like 404. So I think he's like the second best quarterback on the slate. Most people will treat him as the best, but I think he's probably second best. Um, and he's a really strong play. And then there are three receivers, uh, Moner St. Brown, Tyler Bonds, Drake London, all three great plays. All three get a lot of volume. They're all very similar. They play different roles, but like each game, it's like a different one or two of them that goes off. Um, and you just need to hope that you have the right one at that given time. St. Brown is the best. As you see, he's priced that way. Um, I would have said that London was the second best, but Vaughn's has really stepped up the last two weeks. And they're really all interchangeable from a fancy production standpoint. Like they're priced all very accurately. Like I think St. Brown is that much better than them. And the other two are dead even. So all three are great plays. 
you obviously they're the best. They're three of the best uh, receiver plays on the slate, and they're definitely guys you want in your lineup. So we're definitely looking at this passing game just as a whole, right? Like this passing game seems like the running back news obviously could potentially matter a little bit, but it still seems like the running backs are not going to be uber difference makers. They're both cheap though. So like maybe you look at that, but I I feel like looking at this slate, this passing game is one of the best passing games um, to target on this slate. Yeah. It's one of those things like, the three or the four playable quarterbacks, and I'm using playable, I guess, a little bit loosely here, are all in the mid to high 7Ks and 8K range. So, like, let's say you play two of them, which you're probably going to want to play. Let's say you throw in Jarrett Patterson, and let's say you throw in Brandon Knox, right? If you all of a sudden are playing all of these guys, you're going to need cheap guys to complement the rest of your lineup, which means that you're probably going to be limited in this game to one, maybe two of the receivers, if you can make that work. And really to get there, you're going to have to play cheap end guys that aren't the best guys. And it's really difficult to play even two of the receivers um, that we've talked about. The, the best receivers on this slate are Wandale, Bo Melton, and these three receivers for USC. Unless we get Devin Williams out, then I also like the Oregon receivers as well. But so like, let's say you do all that stuff and you want to play Patterson and Knox, you really can't afford two of those big receivers. You sort of can only afford one, which is obviously not really what you want to do because this game could, this game is probably the best offensive game where you're going to get the points out of it. All right. Um, Anything else from this one? No, I think I think you knocked it on the head. The, the GPP plays are really those Oregon guys. Like Verdell's an elite GPP play. Uh, Micah Pittman's an elite GPP play. Uh, they're going to be under owned from what they should be at their price points. I'm not sure you go them in cash, but they're all just super strong GPP plays, especially. All right, uh, Sean. Anything else in general from this one, or is that is that a wrap? No, I think that's that's a wrap for right now. Uh, as you talked about at the beginning, anyone, if you want to check out college football, I would recommend getting in this week. There's about a month left of the season. So if you want just the monthly uh, attempt to go check out college football, you can get that right now. Um, but I would recommend getting the combo package and coming and checking out all the sports that we have to offer at Roto Grinders um, and see what you like and what will help you win going forward. I know there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in the NBA product at the start of the season. So I know there's just a lot of good things going on within the products that if you are interested in, uh, make sure you're checking them out. Listen, there's been like four or five new people in the CSGO chat this week because like it just, everything's in combo now. So um, outside of NASCAR, you can get everything. So uh, that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. We'll be back on Friday talking about the NFL games on Saturday. So if you have any questions about those, um, feel free to hit me up and I'll answer them on the podcast for Friday. But we're going to break down um, the Chiefs and the Saints, the Browns and the Giants. And I might even do like the Steelers and Bengals and make all three like Showtime scenes. So, uh, or not, not the Bills and the Broncos, the Panthers and the Packers. Um, and then I might do the Monday night game as well. So uh, that's when I wrap it up. Hope everyone enjoyed and uh, good luck in your contest. And we'll see you guys again tomorrow.